You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. It's not enough to have our, our faith community stamp of a... This week's passage is about a lot more than just humility. It's also about complicity with political harm. To wield any type of collective political power in Jesus' society, whether Sadducee, the chief priests, the, the teachers of the law, the scribes, or even the Pharisees in Luke's story, uh, a group had to function in some way that made them complicit with Roman imperialism and its presence in, in, in Judea and Galilee and, and Samaria and those regions. And it's it's eco- Roman imperialism's economic abuse, um, you, you had to be complicit sit in that uh, in Jesus society to have any kind of political power. So consider what we said a couple weeks ago regarding the healing stories in the Gospels. This is uh, from Trading Individualism for Community. Jesus's ministry was not to start a new religion, but to socially and economically renew his own Jewish society. His ministry involved restoring people to communal life in villages in a context where Roman imperialism was destroying communities. In these stories, Jesus' healings represent the restoration of the rule or kingdom of, of God or the God of the Torah and the victory of God's rule over Roman rule. So the tax collector in our reading this week was rejecting his complicity with Roman imperialism. Uh, his, his, he was rejecting his occupation. He was rejecting what we would call today colonialism and the harm that it was doing to Jewish society. The Pharisee, on the other hand, based their moral superiority on their religious observances around like Yom Kippur. That was the, that was the only fast prescribed in the Torah. But, uh, we know that the Pharisees also fasted twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays. You find that in Vince Taylor's research um, documented in, in the Gospel according to St. Mark, page 209. But there were other fasts that were commemorating significant events in Jewish, his, Jewish history too. And the Pharisees, um, they, were, they were meticulous in their religious observance. Uh, and though they were religiously observant in their own eyes, again, they were still politically complicit in the concrete harm that was being committed against the vulnerable in Jesus society. And that's the political contrast here. It's not about humility versus arrogance. It's about uh, those who are still complicit in the, the harm imperialism was being done to the vulnerable around Jesus versus a tax collector and his willingness to reject uh, his complicity with Roman imperialism. And this is a reoccurring theme in Luke. Uh, Luke eleven forty two states, Woe to you Pharisees, because you give a tenth of your mint, your rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. The tax collector in our story is more than humble. He, he expresses his humility by rejecting his participation in the oppression of vulnerable people in his society. And this man goes home justified. 
justified. Reading the passage this way, it, it causes the language of humility and exaltation to take on a more Lucan flavor. Uh, from, from the very first time Luke contrasts humility and exaltation, the context is political and systemic. It's not personal or moral or individualistic. Um, consider some of these. In Luke 1, uh, 51 through 53, we find he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their throne, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. So, so again, uh, uh, humility and exaltation, it's not personal, moral, or individualistic here. It's about social location, those in social locations that are on the margins versus those that are centered, or to use that language of hierarchy, those that are at the top versus those that are lower down the, 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 the political or social strata in Jesus' society. In Luke 14, we read, For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. In other words, um, uh, if you're moving up that uh, ladder of privilege, you're going to be humbled. You're going to be brought low in the great reversal uh, that Jesus was looking forward to and preaching about. And those who who stood in solidarity with those whom society was making vulnerable or those whom uh, uh, whom their society was pushing to the edges, um, uh, they would be exalted. As we shared in, in uh, uh, the bodies we inhabit. You can find that on our an Eastside on our website as well. I'll put a link to it in this week's Eastside too. Uh, the rhetoric in Luke 14 of contrasting the humble with those who exalt themselves. It had a long political and economic history in the Jewish scriptures. In in this tradition, the contrast is much more again than just privatized morality. It's consistently used to critique harmful systems. In Proverbs uh, 25 six through seven, it says, "Do not exalt yourself in the king." presence and do not claim a place among his great men, it is better for him to say to you, come up here, than for him to humiliate you before his nobles. Again, this is in the context of social privilege, not just personal morality or personal humility. In Sirach 32, 1 through 2, if they make you master of the feast, do not exalt yourself. Be among them as one of their number. Take care of them first, then sit down. When you have fulfilled all your duties, take your place so that you may be merry along with them and receive a wreath for your excellent leadership. In Proverbs 11 too, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but wisdom is with the humble. And again, this is about location, social location. Proverbs, uh, Psalms 18.27 for you, talking about Yahweh, uh, deliver a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. So what does all this mean for us today? Well, I can't help but think of the religious right and evangelical groups that are presently directly responsible for uh, much of the harm that, that people are experiencing in our American society right now. And there's a longer history here to their relationship with the GOP than, than this week's commentary allows us to explore. But, but for now, uh, we can say the Republican Party has for decades courted certain religious communities in the U.S. in its bid to, to stay in power and to get the vote of these religious members or groups. Um, the GOP has, has catered to the political and religious demands of their leaders. And yet the religious right and these evangelical groups, they've also 
also demonstrated that they couldn't care less about a politician's moral character, as long as these politicians will be tools or conduits to achieve their political goals. And we're now witnessing legislation across this country that represents bigotry towards vulnerable communities in the guise of religiosity or religious faithfulness. Christian nationalism has taken root in this uh, power-seeking soil, and it's growing into the ugly manifestations that we're witnessing all around us today. Those uh, of old who viewed themselves as, as religiously or morally superior to others while actively supporting systems of harm, um, that's what this story is about. That's that's the dynamic um, that we're seeing in this week's reading, and 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 it's how we're it's it's the dynamic we're seeing repeated in our communities today. It's honestly difficult uh, for me to challenge my anger about all of this in life giving ways, and I want to be honest about that. It's it's difficult when I see religiously observant people whose pastors and other influencers have convinced them that that certain political actions are their Christian duty and who are nevertheless engaging in political activities that only produce systems of, of concrete harm for so many. Like the man in our story this week, they feel thankful that they aren't sinners like others while they're simultaneously being responsible for so much societal harm being done to those our society has made vulnerable. And it's not enough to have our, our faith community stamp of approval on our political engagement. We also have to look at the fruit of our political actions. Are we building systems that give life to those who who marginalized, uh, who are marginalized? or who are vulnerable, or are we engaging in political activity uh, that has our religious community's approval, but is actually deeply destructive? There's a lot to consider here, a lot to weigh. Uh, what is the fruit of our political actions? It's not about which party or political party or parties you support. It's, it's, it's about considering the fruit of our actions, and also it means mitigating harm as we engage the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. And thinking of, of the fruit, it means following the Jesus of our sacred stories. Thinking only of the political ends that, that we'll achieve at any cost is just being a political tool for empowering a few while harming many more. Heart group application this week, I want you to share something that spoke to you uh, from this week's uh, e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Uh, number two, what are some examples of societally harmful policies being presently favored by certain Christians that you're concerned about today. Discuss some of those with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today. You can find us uh, here at Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your your chosen social media platforms for our daily post. And also, if you enjoy listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, please like and subscribe uh, to the to our podcast through the, the podcast platform that you use and consider taking some time to give us a, a positive review there. That helps others find our podcast as well. And if you'd like to reach out to us through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com. Right where you are, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, Action and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week.
Thank you.